Welcome back to the Teach with the Heart podcast, where we tackle teaching challenges from a biblical perspective. Why are we here? Because we don't believe that our spiritual walk and teaching profession should exist in two separate domains. Rather, the hope we have in Christ should change how we approach everything, not just at home, but at school as well. So join us as we explore both the spiritual and practical sides of key teaching challenges, integrating them together so we can succeed at teaching, glorify God, and make a lasting difference in our students' hearts and lives. Today, I'm so excited to bring you a special bonus episode about classroom management and motivation, in particular strategies to start the school year off right. If you had any trouble in the past with classroom management, behavioral issues, or apathetic students, and you want them to be more motivated this year, this is 100% the episode for you. Now, this episode is unique because what I'm actually doing here is I'm sharing the audio from a live training that we just did recently. Okay, so a couple things to keep in mind. First of all, you're listening in a podcast format, and the training was originally a video. So if there might be a few times where you think, hmm, it seems like I'm missing something here. Well, it's probably because it was on the video, but it's not translating to the audio. So if you'd like to see the full video version, you can get that as at least as of the time we're releasing this episode. Um, you can get the full video at teachfortheheart.com slash training. You can sign up there to see the video replay. So that is absolutely an option for you. But we did want to go ahead and release this as a special bonus to our podcast listeners, which is you, because it had it was just jam full of practical strategies, key mindset shifts that I think are really going to be helpful for you to start off the year right and be able to motivate your students and create a conducive learning environment. So that's the first heads up. The second heads up is this. Towards the end of the live training, I invited people to join us in Classroom Management 101, and I gave them a specific deal that was only available and a coupon code that was only available during the live training. And I told them to click a button, which obviously you don't have. So here's what I'm going to do exclusively for our podcast listeners, which is you. I am going to have a unique code and discount and URL specifically for you. So if you, after you get through all of this, if you want to join Classroom Management 101, listen to the end. I will hop back on after the live training recording ends, and I will give you that special coupon code and that special URL just for you. Make sure, though, if you're listening, that you don't wait too long. That special deal is only going to be available through the first week of August. Um, So don't, depending on when you're listening to that, that might be coming up soon. Uh, So make sure if that's something you're interested in that you listen to this episode and that you grab that deal before it expires. All right, without further ado, let's dive into this training, Classroom Management and Motivation, Strategies to Start the School Year Off Right. As we get started, I want to ask you a question. I'm going to share a few scenarios and I'm curious which of these sounds most like an experience you've had. Um, Have you ever felt like your classroom is really chaotic and sometimes it feels like no one's listening when you're talking? Or what about B, your students seem inattentive or bored, and it's hard to motivate them. Or maybe C sounds more like you. You're not sure what to do when students misbehave, and you feel really stressed about it. So which one of those most resonates? A, chaotic classroom, no one's listening. B, students are inattentive and bored, it's hard to motivate them. Or C, you're not sure what to do when students misbehave and it's kind of stressful. So go ahead and pop in the chat which one of those three you most related to. Okay, I see A's, B's, A and C combination. Yes, someone says all of them. It's okay if you feel all of them. Totally, totally relatable. 
Um, if you are putting any of these, I see lots of bees, C's, all, it, you're not alone, okay? As you can see from the chat, you are certainly not alone. We've got, everyone is right there with you. And so am I. My first year in particular was really, really rough. Um, it was, it was difficult. And I found myself, um, before I knew it, standing in front of a classroom a couple months into the school year and trying to start class. And it felt like no one was listening to me. Um, I remember just really <laughs> a conversation with my principal because he was like, you got to get it together and just crying because I just didn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do differently. Um, so if you're there, you're not alone. But thankfully, we don't have to stay here today. I'm so excited to share strategies. You're going to discover, first of all, why classroom management and student motivation go hand in hand. Then we're going to talk about three keys to classroom management success. Then we're going to talk about a secret to student motivation. And then finally, a four-step plan to reduce disruptions and motivate your students. If that sounds good, give me a thumbs up or a yes in the chat. Our goal in this is to get you to a point where you're not frustrated by all these things and can enjoy teaching and can then help your students succeed and grow. Real quick, if you're not familiar with me, my name is Linda Cardamus. I taught middle school math at a Christian school in Ohio um, before starting Teach for the Heart. I'm interested how many of you have been part of Teach for the Heart for a while and how many of you Teach for the Heart is new. This is maybe like the first introduction or the first training that you've ever been on. Um, just, just once again, a little bit more about me. Um, I, through Teach for the Heart, I've been Privilege to be able to provide a lot of help for teachers. I am the creator of Classroom Management 101, Beyond Classroom Management. I'll share more about those later, as well as written Create Your Dream Classroom, Take Heart and Teach, and compile the Teach Uplifted Devotions, amongst amongst many other things. In our trainings, we've helped well over 33,000 teachers, and we're so excited um, to help you today, too. So go ahead and get ready to take notes. Simply head to teachfortheheart.com slash notes. Now, real quick, on my screen, every now and then it's blanking out. Are you guys hearing me okay? Or are you guys getting that too? I'm hoping it might just be because we have so many people on here tonight. We have over, we have almost 900 people on right now, which is just incredible. So if for some reason we do black out, um, just stay and we will be right back. Okay. So good. Okay. It sounds like it's good on your end. If there is a problem, we'll just, just stay refresh. We'll come back. <laughs> All right. Um, in case you missed this, if you do want the notes, teachfortheheart.com slash notes is the URL where you can get those. Um, if you want to kind of download them really quick before we get started, otherwise just grab a sheet of paper and a pencil and that'll be just fine. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear it's working for you guys. If you don't mind, I am a believer and I just love to uh, talk to God and get his blessing on this day. And so I'm just going to take a moment to pray for our time together. Father, thank you so much for all the teachers that are here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I pray that you will be in this evening. I pray first of all for the technology that you'll help it to cooperate and everything to be smooth and people to be able to hear and listen. I pray for my words. Please guide them, make them helpful. And I pray for the teachers listening that they'll be able to pick out which things that they um, should take and implement and be able to just let go of the things that aren't helpful for them. Father, we ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. All right. First thing we want to talk about is classroom management and student student motivation go hand in hand. And this may be something that you're like, 
yes, I've thought about the books before, or it might be something that you haven't thought about. But if you think about it now, classroom management and student motivation, they can either work together and help each other, or they can really hurt each other, right? Um, when you think about it, if things go in the wrong direction, kind of a downward death spiral. So if students, if, let's say your class is really chaotic, classroom management's a struggle. Well, that's going to be hard for students to focus and hard for them to listen. And there's going to be all these distractions. So that's going to be really demotivating for them. It's going to be harder for them to be motivated. And if they're not motivated, they're going to be bored. And when they're bored, they're going to act up and they're going to cause more problems, which is going to make the Kathleen more chaotic, which is going to make it harder for them to be motivated. Do you see it's downward death spiral, right? Um, so they can really make it worse and worse for each other. Um, on the other hand, um, though, what we want to do is get them working together, right, to help each other. Um, so hold on one second. Okay. So we want to get them working together because it can be the other direction. And that's what we want, right? If your classroom is orderly and structured, students are able, uh, better able to listen and focus. They're going to be a little bit more motivated. And then if you can kind of take that momentum and help them be more motivated, then they cause less problems, which in turn helps them be more motivated, which in turn causes, do you see how it can work in reverse too? So if you've been feeling the downward death spiral, our goal today is to get it turned around and headed back in the right direction, working together. So we're going to start reversing the spiral today. I'm going to learn, I'm going to teach you how to start the school year right, and we're going to talk about how to improve in both areas. Um, so you might find one or the other, um, which I'm kind of curious, which one do you feel like you need help more in, classroom management or motivation or both? Because we're going to cover both today. We're going to start off, though, with three common classroom management mistakes and what to do instead, and then we'll move on to student motivation. All right, here we go. Um, we're going to start with three common classroom management mistakes and what to do instead so we can start the school year right. So here is mistake number one. Mistake number one is not putting enough priority on your procedures. Procedures are so so important. They can seriously make or break your classroom and your classroom culture. And I think a lot of times we don't realize how important procedures are. And so we don't prioritize them enough, both in our planning and in teaching them to our students. But when you think about it, when you have good procedures that students consistently follow, it really helps your classroom run more smoothly. On the other hand, if your procedures are kind of haphazard, not really thought through, or they're inconsistently followed, then you end up with a really chaotic classroom. Now, there's two reasons for this. The one reason is obvious and practical, right? If things are haphazard and there's chaos in the procedures, it's going to cause chaos. If things are, if things are well thought out, it's going to be smooth and it's going to be smoother. That's the obvious reason. But... There is a second intangible reason that I do not want you to miss because it really emphasizes why this is so important. If you have procedures and you tell students, this is the procedure, say, for example, you say, when you come in the room, I want you to go right to your desk. And But if you tell them this is the procedure, but then you don't follow through and actually insist they follow the procedure, what you're really telling your students is, I don't mean what I say. You don't actually have to listen. <laughs> I don't take this very seriously. Now, that's not what you mean to say, but it is, right? That's what they're picking up on because you said this is what we're going to do, but I don't really have to do it. And that 
what that in procedures, they, they kind of sense that and they'll start trying that in other areas too. On the reverse though, if you really insist that procedures are followed, that shows I take this seriously. I mean what I say. I'm going to hold you accountable. We're all going to really do this. And that is really powerful in a positive way. Okay. So procedures are so important. I want you to think right now about a area of your classroom that was chaotic last year. Maybe pop it in the chat. Maybe it was transitions or start of class or bathroom breaks or whatever it was. What was a time that was kind of, kind of rough? I'm willing to guess you either didn't have a procedure at all. That happens a lot with transitions. Like I have no transition procedure. I just expect them to go smoothly without a transition, without a procedure rather. Um, or the procedure like wasn't, didn't, wasn't thought through. And so it didn't really work well, you know, or maybe you thought it through, but it didn't work the way you thought. Like it just didn't work. Or you had a good procedure, but it wasn't being followed. So obviously that's a problem too, right? That's probably one of those three, right? So here's what you need to do for this area and any other. Honestly, you need to do this with every single area in your classroom if you're new. If you're a veteran, you can just think through where was the chaos and then those are the ones you need to fix. So first you need to decide how the procedure should work. Think through what would work well, right? Think it, rethink it through, talk to people, get help. We help our students in Classroom Management 101 figure this out if you need help. Then you need to teach the procedure to your students, okay? It is not enough to just tell them what the procedure is. It's not even enough to model it. There are four steps to perfect procedures. Step number one is to explain the procedure, okay? This is what you're probably pretty good at. You tell, the, you tell what the procedure is. And if you want, you can model here. Modeling is really a great thing to do um, especially if your kids are younger. Um, it's also a great thing to do, though, if it's a more complex procedure. So if there's complexity to it or nuance, then modeling it is a great thing to do in step one. Explain. But that's just step one. Step two is practice. I highly recommend don't teach a procedure unless you're going to practice it because they're not going to remember it. OK, so I like to teach procedures the first time we actually have to do them. So I teach my passing in pr papers procedure the first time we pass in papers. Um, you know, I teach my dismissal procedure before the first dismissal. Do it when you're going to use it. So practice it right then and there right after you explain it. But that's just step two. Step three, you need to assess and correct. In other words, when students follow the practice, when you practice the procedure, they're not going to do it all right. So you need to know this was not right. This was not good and correct. And then the magic happens in number four, redo. When you actually have students redo the procedure or the part that wasn't done correctly. Do you see how that's really insisting that the procedure is followed? And that's that big intangible that makes such a difference. Now, does this take time at the beginning of the school year? Absolutely. Is it time well invested? Absolutely. Let me run through real quick an example of what this might look like. So let's say we're practicing my start of class procedure. Well, I can't practice this before they get in the class because they got to get in the class. But once they get in, I'm going to say, okay, we're going to practice this procedure. So I'm going to explain it in detail. Okay. When you come into the class, you know, here's where the bell work is. I want you to clear your desk. Don't go talk to someone. I'm going to explain everything that I want to do for the start of class procedure. Okay. Then I'm going to say, all right, you know, and maybe we even model what it looks like to come in the right way, what it doesn't. And I say, okay, we're going to practice this in just a minute. I'm going to have everyone go out into the hallway. Now, be you know, we have to stay quiet. There's other classrooms. And you're going to come in as if it's the start of class. And we're going to, and you review what you're going to do. Okay? 
All right, here we go. And you actually have them go out and practice coming in, okay? Then as they're doing that, you're going to praise the thing, you know, great job with this, great job with that. Um, Eric, you didn't clear your desk. Let's clear your desk. You know, so-and-so, we didn't clear this. I noticed that a few of you didn't go straight to your seat or a few of you ran in the room. Okay, we're going to try it one more time. And this is where you can use your discretion, okay? Um, You might, if it was chaotic enough, you might have the entire class practice it again. Or if there's just like little issues, you might have just one student. So if I have a student run into the room, I'm just going to ask that student to go redo that. I'm not going to necessarily ask the whole class. But having them actually do it right um, is so helpful. One, for that intangible reason, um, but two, to help them remember. They need to practice doing it right. If they practice doing it wrong, that doesn't help them do it right, right? Um, So that is it. Four steps to perfect procedures. I really do believe good procedures are the backbone of a smooth running class. It's just such a simple thing, but it's so easily overlooked or so easily just rushed. They are so worth investing time in. So mistake number one, um, you know, not valuing procedures. We absolutely want to do that. Um, Patricia, real quick, if you have questions, you can pop them in the chat anytime. I'll, sometimes I'll see them. Sometimes we'll have to wait to the end. I'll have a Q&A at the end. But Patricia asked, do you think this will work for high school? 100%. I think that there is really a mistake that um, I, I taught middle school and high school. And I think we can make a mistake in middle school and high school and assume they know what to do. But <laughs> they either don't know um, or like they're not going to follow it if we don't if we don't insist that they do it or I mean when you think about it in high school they have like six different teachers and every procedure is different so they still need to practice it and we still need to insist on them doing it way so absolutely um, absolutely believe it works and it is very important all the way up through high school it will look different you don't want to treat you know seniors like like little kids but it's important still to practice All right. Ready for mistake number two? Mistake number two is letting the little things go. I was so guilty of this my first year. Um, And maybe you have too. And maybe you've heard this advice. How many of you have heard the advice, don't sweat the small stuff? I've heard this a bajillion times. And I'll tell you at the end in a minute when this is good advice. But right now, I completely disagree. Don't sweat. What happens is we think, okay, I'm not going to sweat the small stuff. So we let little things go. You know, just a little bit of talking. They're just wandering a little bit. No big deal, right? Got to pick my battles. Yes and no. Because if we let little things go, if we see students whispering, we're like, I'm just going to ignore it. No big deal. I'm going to save it for bigger issues, right? That's what we're thinking. But I want you to imagine for a second this bucket of water. This is your time, your energy, and your relationship capital with your students, okay? This is what you have. You have soap, this this bucket, right? Now, if there's a tiny little fire, how hard is it going to be to put that out with that big bucket? Not too hard, right? Pretty easy. But if we let this fire go, a little bit of whispering, just a little whispering, is it going to stay a little whispering? Not in my experience. (laughs) Typically, it grows a little more whispering, a little more. We keep letting these go. You know, if we're going to, these little problems don't stay little. Do they for you? They don't for me. (laughs) It's just human nature, right? They don't stay little. Um, When we ignore these fires, they grow 
and they spread and a little whispering becomes a lot of whispering and it becomes talking and it becomes, I'm trying to teach and no one's listening. And, and it's just becomes chaos. They spread so quickly that before you know it, you, your classroom is like a, like a wildfire. I know I've been there and, and you feel like this teacher in this comic, <laughs> like, ee, yikes, it looks like you have everything under control and it's just, not. It's just a disaster, right? I don't know. I've, I have been there. So what we really, really need to do is we really, really need to douse those little fires, right? Put them out, nip it in the bud before they become big fires. When we do this, we prevent bigger problems and we leave ourselves energy and capital for future issues. Okay. So here's the thing. Don't sweat the small stuff is fantastic advice in May. <laughs> At the end of the year, when you've just got a few weeks left and it's, yeah, don't sweat the small stuff. Pick your battles in May. But it's horrible, horrible advice for August or September. Because once again, you're, you're, you're setting the tone in those first few weeks. You're letting those fires spread. And remember that, and those intangibles are huge too. You're saying, I don't, I, I, you know, I'm going to let, I'm going to let stuff go. And what students do is they just push the line until they find it. So if you just let them keep pushing the line, they're going to keep going until you finally set it. So it's much better to decide where am I going to put the line? Okay. That this is the key. Pick your battles is 100% true, but you need to pick where you pick your battles. Okay. So you decide where is the line? If something's, you know, if they haven't crossed the line yet, great. Don't fight that battle. They haven't crossed the line. But when they cross the line, you douse those fires right away. You sweat that no matter how small it is because it's over the line. Is that helpful? So pick your battles, but you pick the battles. Not, not oh, I'll just let them get a little over the line. Does that make sense? Okay, hopefully that makes sense. We have to deal with issues while they're still small um, for so many reasons. But it really does. Sometimes we're worried we're going to damage the relationship. But truly, when we... When we deal with problems when they're small, we prevent their bigger ones, and it actually helps create an environment where relationships can thrive. So you might feel bad, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it. All right. Those are our first two mistakes. Our mistake number three, not having a classroom management plan. Okay. Let me ask you real quick. Do you know what to do in your classroom if a student blurts out a random comment? What if they refuse to do their work? What if a student's rude to you or rude to a classmate or half the class is talking when they shouldn't be in there? Okay, an expert classroom manager doesn't necessarily need to have like an exact plan because they have so many tools and so much confidence to respond. It's like a master chef on Chopped. They don't need a recipe. They know what they're doing, right? But until we get to that expert level of classroom management, a plan is really, really important. Here's why. If you don't have a plan for how you're going to handle different situations, then one of two things are going to happen. Either you're going to have inaction. You're not going to do anything. That's what I did my first year. Little things were happening. I was like, yeah, it's fine. I don't really know what to do. It's not a big deal. I just kind of let it go. Like we were just talking about, right? Inaction. Or really inconsistent. Um, sometimes we get really inconsistent. So then it's, you know, I let it go this time. Tomorrow I come down really hard and I'm, I'm all over the board, right? 
in either case, inaction or inconsistency leads to disaster. It does not turn out well. And that's because as we were talking about, students naturally push boundaries. If the line isn't clear, you're just going to keep pushing, keep pushing, and keep pushing. Um, in another area, students can sense our uncertainty. <laughs> it is like this flashing light saying, I don't know what to do. You can get away with stuff. Just try it. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. Totally been there. That uncertainty is is really not good. Okay. So, and as we talked about the little problems, don't say little when you let the little things go and they grow, right? We're right back to this fire. And it's because we didn't have a plan sometimes. Sometimes that's why I know I need to deal with it, but I don't know what to do. And so it's just not good. So having a plan fixes all of these problems because you know, ahead of time, what you're going to do. Okay. When this happens, this is what I'm going to do. I, I know it. Right. So this helps you be way more consistent. You you can be consistent because I, I already have a plan. I'm not just reacting in the moment and it's not dependent on my mood. This makes you way more confident. So those flashing signals that says, I don't know what I'm doing, turn into, I know what I'm doing. Don't mess with me. Um, that's also way less stressed, right? It's very stressful to not know what to do. And you're like, okay, I know what to do. It's way less stressful. The boundaries become really clear then. Because you know, you've determined where the boundary is, you know what to do when students cross and you consistently do. And so it's really, really clear. And so students start to respect the boundaries and they start to respect you too, um, which is so, so important. Uh, this, of course, results in way fewer disruptions, uh, which is which is what we want, right? So I hope that you're starting to see as I'm talking about this, I really believe that good classroom management does not require you to be mean or to have a super authoritative personality. I've had teachers ask me, do I have a personality? Like, can I, like I have a certain personality. Can I, can I be good at classroom management? Absolutely. It doesn't require any type of personality. And I 100% do not believe you need to be mean. I, I 100% believe you should not be mean. You should be a nice teacher. Um, but you absolutely need a plan and then you need to stick to it consistently. That's not easy, but it, it is simple. Now, is that going to solve every single classroom issue? No, it's not. But it's going to keep the fire from raging. It's going to keep things at a, a basic level so that when you do have those issues, you can deal with them one at a time rather than having that wildfire that's out of control. All right, let's recap our three classroom management mistakes so far. Number one, not putting enough priority on procedures. Number two, letting little things go. Number three, not having a classroom management plan. I'm curious which one of these resonated the most with you, one, two, or three. And real quick, how are we going to fix them? Our three keys then is the reverse. Number one, we're going to prioritize our procedures. Number two, we're going to deal with problems while they're still small. And number three, we are going to create a classroom management plan, which I will share more about how to do that. If you're like, okay, that sounds good, but how do I do that? I'm going to share more about how to do that here in a little bit when we get to the four-step plan at the end. I see lots of twos, some ones, lots of threes. Awesome. Okay, great. Oh, I hope this is really helpful. All right. Next up, student motivation. As we said, we want to stop that downward death spiral, right? Where, where crazy classroom management leads to bad motivation. Instead, we want to turn it around. 
where, okay, we've got an orderly classroom, students are more motivated, which makes it even better, right? We want to get that moving in the right direction where they're helping each other instead of hurting each other. So here's the key question. How do we get our students to actually care about learning? Super easy, right? (laughs) Here's some things that um, we sometimes try as teachers. We might say, okay, I got to make this relevant to my students. Or, okay, I got to make it really fun. I got to have all these fun activities. Or I'm going to tell my students why they need to know this, right? Now, are those bad ideas? No, those those can all be good. But they're kind of just Band-Aids. And you might have experienced that, right? Like I, I have this fun activity, but then we're right back to unengaged, right? Or I try to tell them why they need this, but eh, they kind of forgot right? These are band-aids. We're like throwing a bunch of band-aids on a gaping wound, on a gaping problem, okay? What we really need to focus on is influencing what our students believe in their core. And I get this language from my friend Dave Stewart Jr. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, His most recent book is called The Will to Learn. It's a fantastic book. And I've talked to Dave many times, interviewed him quite a few times, and I am convinced that his approach is dead on. He talks about five key key beliefs that determine how motivated a student is to learn. And these are the five key beliefs. I'm going to go over them with you, okay? So these things, if students, the more students believe these things, the more motive they're going to be naturally. The less they believe these things, the more demotivated they're going to be. But we as a teacher have the ability to change how they believe, either for good or for bad. Um, So let's talk about these five key beliefs. Number one is credibility. Do students know, first of all, that you care? Second, that you are competent. In other words, are you good at your job? Okay, (laughs) that's a good question. But when you think about it, it makes sense. If students see you as a credible teacher that knows what they're doing, They're going to be way more motivated to listen and to focus and to actually do what you're telling them to do. On the flip side, if they are like, I don't know if they know what they're doing. I don't know if they care about me. They don't seem to have it together. They're going to be way like way less motivated to learn and to focus and to do what you're asking them to do. So I will tell you that is why classroom management is so important. And that is why that we started there. Because good classroom management builds your credibility immensely. Bad classroom management degrades your credibility immensely. So that's why we start with classroom management and then build from there. So credibility, belief number one. Belief number two, value. Do students believe that the work they do in your class matters? I have a typo there, sorry. Do they believe the work you do matters and is worth their time? right? And this is where showing students, not just if it's relevant to them, but also how they'll use it. Or some students find value in all kinds of different ways. Um, Some students find value from things that are interesting. Sometimes if it's relevant, sometimes if it's challenging, some students like to be challenged. Other students enjoy beauty. There's so many different ways that students can find value. Number three, um, these are some of my favorites, effort. Do your students believe that if they work hard, it will pay off? Do you have your classroom set up so that they experience hard work paying off? Do you point that out to them when that happens? This is a belief you can grow in them that they can experience. 
efficacy is really tied to that. That's why you see them together in Dave's diagram. Do your students believe they can succeed in your class, right? If they believe I can work hard and I can succeed, that is way more motivating. If they're like, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can succeed in this class. They're going to give up before they even start, right? So we can affect how they believe. And then belonging. Do students believe that they belong in your classroom doing this type of work? Um, do you have good classroom community around there? So these are the five key beliefs. And you might be building them going, oh my goodness, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to start. I don't know how to fix all of these. Dave's advice that I will echo to you is this. Uh, well, sorry. First, first, I want, I want, before I get to Dave's advice, seeing the problem clearly is the first step to the solution. So for seeing the need to affect your students' beliefs is the first step. You're going to start noticing that right away if you start thinking about it with that paradigm. But the good news is that you can impact your students' belief this year and you can see their motivation improve. This is not a immediate thing, but you can see amazing results over time. And this is Dave's advice that I echo. Start with credibility. It is the foundation. It is the start. So if you're like, this is a lot, start there. Start with making sure you are a credible teacher, that you have good classroom management, that you teach good lessons. That's where to start. It's the foundational belief. It's the most important one to start with. Um, and I, we're going to get here into our four-step plan, kind of how you can layer them on top. But that's where you want to start. And that's why, as this, we've been talking about this whole training, that's why classroom management and student motivation go so hand in hand because of that credibility piece really plays. So that's encouraging. If you improve your classroom management, your students are going to be more motivated right off the bat because they're going to see you as a more credible teacher. So let's review where we're at. Our goal, stop the downward death spiral, right? Get classroom management and motivation working together to help each other instead. So here comes the question. I've given you tons of things. I've thrown a lot at you. The question is, how do we do this, right? Um, and this is only a one-hour training. I'm jamming in as much as I can. But this is the steps. These are the steps that you want to take this year to get these working together, okay? Step one, create a classroom management plan that works. If you don't have a classroom management plan, you need to create one. And I will tell you, if you don't have a written classroom management plan, you probably don't actually have a plan. We'll get to that in a second. Okay, so in a step one, create a plan that works. Step two, start the year right. I'm gonna resist saying too much because I'm about to go into all these. So step two, start the year right. Step three, begin building motivation. Step four, analyze and adjust. Okay, let's dive into these one by one. Step one, create a plan that works, okay? The first days of school can make or break the entire year. So we wanna be ready to go with a good plan starting day one. And that is why we're doing a back to school training on July 17th. Not because it's back to school, but because you need time to get your plan ready and be ready to go on day one. So what exactly do I mean when I say you need a classroom management plan? Well, your plan needs five aspects. And as I started to say before, I if you have a classroom management plan that's in your head, I want to ask you, how clear is it really? Because if it's in your head, it's probably not as clear as you might think, 
Okay. If it's not written down, it's probably actually pretty fuzzy. And I would challenge you to get it on paper. Your plan needs five things. First of all, it needs smart procedures. You need to think through what every area of your classroom and be like, do I have a good procedure? Does it need to be better? So think through all the procedures. Number two, realistic expectations. Okay. Um, you need to think through what behavior should I expect in my classroom? Remember we talked about the line. Where is the line? This is where you decide it. This is where you pick your battles and say, where do I want student behavior to be? What's okay? What's not? Okay. So number one, smart procedures. Number two, expectations. Number three, positive reinforcement. So you want to plan what ways can I encourage my students and motivate them in a positive way around their behavior? This is where you could include rewards, but you don't have to. Um, you can simply choose other ways to encourage your students. Number four, logical consequences, okay? Um, I know consequences kind of have a bad rap these days, but they are part of life. And to try to have a classroom management plan with no consequences, it's going to be... Um, going to be pretty tricky. I do not believe that we need to shy away from consequences. They need to be logical. They need to be reasonable. They should not be mean. They should not be degrading. Um, but consequences are absolutely a part of how we learn and how we grow. And so class uh, logical consequences should not be your entire plan, but they absolutely should be a part of your plan. Um, in Classroom Management 101, we really help our teachers figure out how all of this works together. Um, but if you're doing this on your own, definitely want to think through some consequences that make sense in your school environment. And it's going to totally depend on your school environment. Number five, planned responses. This is where everything comes together and where you plan how you're going to respond. So in this last section, you actually say, okay, when a student is talking without permission, this is exactly how I'm going to handle it. When a student is wandering around the classroom, this is how I'm going to handle it. When they're rude, this is how I'm going to handle it. When they're swearing, this is how I'm going to handle it. Every single thing. Um, and in Classroom Management 101, we have like a whole list that we help you go through and think through all these different scenarios and how am I going to respond um, for all of these different areas. I'm seeing lots of great questions. I want to get through the rest of the training and then I can come back and answer a lot of these. But I do want to answer one that I'm seeing right now. And that is um, like, what if consequences aren't allowed at your school or frowned on at your school? This is definitely a challenge. But I will say my way, like, I don't actually believe that schools with no consequences, they actually don't necessarily believe in no consequences. They just flip things. So like, typically, they want you to reward students. So you can have um, things that students are working towards that they don't get if they don't behave or they don't meet the criteria. And that can work as a consequence. So if your students like really, if your school really doesn't like consequences, um, then you can put out things that you're working towards that they don't get. So you can kind of finagle it if you need to. All right. Okay. So those are the five pieces of your plan. So I want you to imagine for a second how much clarity you have after writing this plan, right? After thinking through, what are my procedures? What are my expectations? How do I want to have positive motivation for my students? What kind of logical consequences make sense for my school? And then you actually write down, like just think this thing through, what are all the different areas that I have? Some of you are asking, um, you know, do you have that example list? It's part of Classroom Management 101. It is part of our paid program. But if you aren't able to join us in Classroom Management 101, you can just think through for yourself and just think about 
Um, what areas do I, what problems have I run into in the past? Make a list. These are all the problems that I've run into that I can think of and make a, just write them out. And then you can make a plan for how you're going to deal with them. So just imagine the level of clarity you will have after you actually think through, this is how I'm going to handle everything. And we've been having students work through this with us in the summer, um, teachers working through our programs. And they've been saying, this is amazing. Um, it takes a little time, but I have so much clarity going into next year. And you can have that same level of clarity too, after you write your plan. Once you have your good plan in place, you know exactly what you're going to do. You can deal with those problems while they're small because you have a plan and you're not trying to like think on the fly. You will project confidence, which is so important. You'll establish clear boundaries and the students take you seriously. They start respecting the boundaries and you, which helps with classroom management and also helps with student motivation and that credibility piece. Um, I just want to share real quick. Margaret is one teacher who went through this process and she said, I never really felt fully in control. Um, I was discouraged. I was even wondering if I was the right teacher, but she said now after thinking through a plan, I have plans and strategies to turn to. And it's just so helpful. Bridget was another teacher that we worked with. And I love her story because she says that, um, she started out feeling like she was ready to walk out. She was crying all the time. <laughs> literally crying because her students were taking advantage of her. But after working through all of this, she says, I have so much more confidence. We practice, we correct, we're consistent, we have good procedures. And I love how she finishes this. She says, I have my students wrapped around my finger and I love teaching again, which is just incredible. So step one, make your classroom management plan. Step two, start the school year off right. I don't know if you really, most of you probably realize this, and I don't have to tell you this, but I want to drive this home. The first week of school is vital. It is a golden opportunity, okay? You have to be ready for it. And what I mean by that is this first week sets the tone for the whole year, and it is a total reset. When I teach this in the middle of the school year, I have to teach a whole thing for like, how to like create a reset in the middle of the school year, because it's so hard to turn the ship around in the middle of the year but it's the start of school. You have that fresh start. Even if you have some of the same students as last year, it's still a fresh start. It's a new year, you know, new grade, all of that. You have a golden opportunity. If you start off right, students are going to be like, all right, this is what we're doing. Um, but if we start off not right, then we dig ourselves a hole that we have to dig out of the entire year. So we absolutely want to be ready. We want to start off right on day one. We want to have a clear plan ready to go. We want to give clear expectations for what we have for our students. We need to teach and practice procedures. We talked about that already. We need to deal with issues while they're small, right? That first time there's an issue, be ready. With your plan tells you what to do, be ready to do it. We need to hold students accountable. We need to be confident that we know what to do. And if you have a plan, you will be. You might still be nervous, but you'll be confident. We need to show students that we care. That's why one of the reasons why we absolutely, none of this requires being mean. You can absolutely be nice as you hold students accountable, and you should be. We need to start with structure. We didn't get time to talk about this very much, but really crazy activities, probably not good for day one. Have you taught that procedure yet? If you haven't taught the procedure for students going all around the room doing something crazy, don't do it on day one. You got to teach the procedure before you do something crazy. Even small things like, you know, turn, pay, or share, or, you know, talking to a neighbor. If you, you have to teach the procedure for that before you do it. So start off with structure and then build that stuff out as you go. Okay. 
um, you need to be organized and prepared on day one as well. And of course, consistent, right? Once you have your plan, stick to it as best you can. My biggest tip for consistency is this. When you're not consistent, get back to being consistent. Here's what I mean by that. What can sometimes happen is it's going to happen. You're going to miss something. It, it, it just is, okay? Like you'll see a student talking and you won't respond according to plan. That's going to happen. But when it does, you've got to get right back on the horse and be like, I'm going to correct the next problem. Do not fall into the trap of thinking, well, because I didn't correct Sarah, now I can't correct Isaiah and Maitza and Elizabeth and whatever else, okay? Uh, don't do that. You have to instead say, um, I... I missed it. I'm getting right back on. Okay. That's the key to being consistent. All right. With all these things, when you start off right, stay consistent. You will prevent so many problems. You'll be dousing all those little fires before they have time to turn into a blazing inferno, right? Getting rid of them, getting rid of them. Um, and they're gone. Does that mean no more fires will come? Absolutely not. Fires will come, but you can keep dousing them rather than having the craziness, right? Um, this year, when you start off right, you maybe be able to say, my classroom is orderly. Wouldn't that be amazing? My students can focus. They're actually learning. And I did it without yelling, without begging, without bribing. Uh, I just, I followed my plan. I made a plan. I followed my plan. Um, Kara had this experience when she started out. She said, I started my year with clear and firm expectations and I didn't let little things go. And my classroom is so much more efficient. Uh, Lynette said, I put changes in place. I was ready to go and I def, I, it, I saw benefits right away. Uh, the respect level is so much higher. So step one, create your plan. Step two, start the school year off right. Step three, begin building motivation. So at this point in our plan, if you're following along with the plan, classroom management is off to a good start, right? We've got, um, we've got the plan in place. We've started off we've started off and we're getting a little bit going, right? Um, it's already helping your students be more motivated. They're viewing you as credible. There's fewer distractions. It's helping, right? But we don't have to stop there. We can kind of fire up this upward spiral by strategically building those student motivation beliefs that we talked about, right? So real quick, I'm just going to run through a few ideas for how you can build these beliefs once you've started off right. Um, one way is developing strong relationships with your students. You already know this is important, but I can't go through without saying that. Develop those relationships. That's going to help them. You be more credible. It's going to help belonging, going to help with so many things. Number two, improve your credibility. You're already working on that with classroom management, but consider it with your lessons. Do you teach good lessons? Do students understand what you're teaching? Are you good at what you do? Um, so look, look for ways to grow your credibility. Make lessons relevant and valuable. Um, do you make, do you tie your lesson together with what's happening in students' lives and in the world? Can they see why it's valuable? Do you point that out to them? We should absolutely be doing that. This one's really key. Set students up for academic success. If the majority of students in your class are not doing well in your class, particularly if they're confused, okay? If the majority of students in your class are confused or like they kind of, you feel like they're tr actually trying, like they're not, not trying at all, like they're trying, but they're not doing well, something's off. You need to do more to set them up. And once again, I feel like this especially happens in middle school and high school where we assume they should know how to study. 
They should know how to, you know, how to get ready. They should know how to do all this stuff, but they often don't. And then we have to explicitly teach them, how do you study for my class? How do you do well in my class? And one of the things Dave talks about a lot is smart effort pays off. Effort doesn't necessarily pay off if it's the wrong kind of effort, right? And if students try and they don't do well, that's very discouraging, right? So we need to teach them what does smart effort look like in my class, okay? And we need to make sure that when we're teaching, we're teaching in a way where they can understand what we're teaching, right? If they're confused, very demotivating, okay? But if they try and they're actually understanding what we're teaching and then they we kind of say, this is exactly what you need to do and they do it and it pays off, we're getting that spiral going, right? So we want to set them up for successful success. And yeah, this thing helps students see that hard work pays off. And the couple aspects, as I said, the first aspect is helping them know what kind of effort they need to put in, giving them those tools. But then also on the flip side, pointing it out when they do. When they do well, say, man, your hard work really paid off. Or, um, you know, man, what did you, I noticed such a big difference. Have you been working hard or have you been studying? You know, and and, and helping them realize, oh yeah, I did study and it did pay off. Um, giving students choice and ownership can be a really great way to build belonging, um, help them to see themselves as a, um, as a part of this classroom and developing classroom community, of course, also, um, is really important and a great thing to do. Now, once again, can you necessarily focus on all of this as once? No. Remember, that's why this is step three. And I recommend like working on them strategically. Don't try to implement a million changes at once. This is one that you can layer throughout the year. You can work on this and layer it. This doesn't have to all be in place on day one. Steps one and two have to be in place on day one. Step three, you can work on all throughout the year, which is really fun and gives some freedom. As motivation improves, you're going to have even fewer and fewer classroom issues to deal with. Um, Your students are able to succeed and you can enjoy teaching them. Um, Louette found this, uh, found this experience. She learned to build a strong foundation and relationships, and she led students to own their own learning experience. Um, one of the strategies she tried that we, uh, that she learned in our program was flipping her classroom. And, um, she had, was working on, um, strategies to make learning possible. And she said it made such a difference. Um, Elaine implemented the seven habits um, to teach important skills, which is a framework that we also introduce you to in, in one of our programs in Beyond Classroom Management. And she found that it was so helpful. She was more mindful of building relationships. She used morning meetings, which we also teach. Um, and she was trying to remember to um, let the student's behavior, like realize that I don't have to let that affect me, right? I can just respond according to my plan. And that was so helpful for her. All right, let's review where we got. Step one, create your plan. Step two, start off right. Step three, start building those motivation beliefs, and that's going to be ongoing throughout the year. Step four is actually also ongoing throughout the year, and that's analyzing and adjusting. So at this point, classroom management and motivation are working together, right? They're growing. It's not perfect, but they're improving, and it, it's it's really exciting. But that doesn't mean that you're never going to have any issues or that everything is working perfectly, right? No plan is perfect and we shouldn't expect it to be. So what do we do when issues inevitably come up? What happens a lot of times is that we freak out or we just get overwhelmed and we're just like, oh, I can't do anything about it. 
But rather than that, what we want to do is be strategic and just identify the issue, troubleshoot it, and solve it, okay? So um, in a Classroom Management 101, we teach a simple framework called ISTE. It helps you identify and troubleshoot behavior or motivational problems. But I'll tell you the key, the key to this, okay? The key is this. Identify the problem and why it's happening. That sounds so simple, but we often don't do that. Like a lot of times we're just like, oh, my class is crazy or transitions are crazy. And we don't actually stop and say, okay, what's actually happening? Okay, well, in my transitions, what's actually happening is that students are just like talking all the time. Or we might say, I'm noticing that the actual issue is that when they go to get their other book, like everyone gets bunched up and we can't get to the books. And so it creates this whole big, big like hubbub, okay? This is, and and why is that happening? Why are they, why is it? So we can kind of identify it. Once we, we don't often do that. We just feel kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. If we can pinpoint though, why is this happening? What is actually, and it's almost like peeling back layers of an onion. Okay, why is it happening? Okay, why is that happening? Okay, okay, this is what's going on. Then once we identify that, it's not that hard actually to figure out what to do differently, right? If I'm troubleshooting transitions and I'm realizing there's this huge hubbub when everyone goes to get the other book that they need, I'm like, okay, I need to rearrange this. Or maybe I need to have them go up one table at a time. Or, you know, I might realize, man, they're actually getting really bored during the transition. So maybe I need something for them to do while everyone goes up. Okay. Um, so you can see there identifying the problem, asking why it's happening then helps you figure out what to do differently. And so in that way, you can continually adjust as issues come up. It's really great when you can develop this problem-solving mindset because rather than feeling overwhelmed by problems, because they're, they're going to come up, right? You can just pick them off one by one throughout the year. Um, you can even make a list. These are all the things of problems. I'm just going to pick them off one by one by one rather than feeling overwhelmed. When this happens, this is actually really great because you no longer have to fear behavior issues. Do you ever find yourself being afraid of students misbehaving? We really shouldn't be because like we can't, honestly, we can't control our students' behavior and we don't need to. We just need to set up an environment where um, where good choices are promoted and encouraged and where that goes well. And then we need to focus on our response. That's our job. Our job is not to make our students behave a certain way. It's to respond in a good way when they misbehave. And under this plan, you have a plan. So you know how to respond. And if our response isn't working, if it's not connecting, then we just troubleshoot it and we get a new strategy and we try that. So we don't have to be afraid of student misbehavior. And if we don't have to be afraid that a response won't work, because if it doesn't work, we can troubleshoot it. See how this gets us in such a better frame of mind, right? And if we can get in this problem-solving habit, problems actually, rather than being this big discouragement, they become an opportunity to make us better. Um, and we actually, when we troubleshoot, we're actually growing our classroom management toolbox and finding a new strategy, another, another tool that we can use um, when we need it. Daphne experienced this. Um, she gives an example when she was sharing this with me of how she kind of identified a problem. She said, my biggest trigger was everyone calling my name and needing answers right now. So once she identified that, she says, now that I know that that's the problem, I'm working with my kids on how we raise our hands um, and said, now the next thing I want to work on is chatter and volume and then assignments and activities. So I love how she was just picking them off one by one. 
So let's review our success paths. If you missed any of the blanks, here's the steps. Number one, create a plan that works. Step two, start off right. Step three, begin building motivation. Step four, analyze and adjust. That is the success path. So if you take away one thing from this training, I want you to know that you can get classroom management and motivation working together to create a focused and engaged class. The big question is how, right? How can you follow the success path to start the year off right and enjoy learning together this year? Now, I've given you the entire path. I've given you as much as I could cram into one hour. I hope <laughs> talking really fast and I've crammed in as much as I can. So if you're like, all right, I got the path. I'm ready to go. Go follow the path. You have all the steps. But if you're saying, Linda, okay, I see the steps, but I feel like I have a million questions and I really could use someone to help me walk through this. Well, as I've mentioned, you don't have to figure it out on your own. We would love to help you. There is a pitfall that I see sometimes, and it's this. Classroom management is really, really nuanced. And so what can happen sometimes is like you can be doing a lot right, but you're missing a key element and it can frustrate your best efforts. So that is why we have Classroom Management 101. It's for those of you that say, I don't want to figure this out on my own. I could really use some help. Um, what we do is we've organized all of this. It's a complete organized system. We walk through every step of the plan to make sure you don't miss any of the crucial elements. Um, we just go through it step by step. So I'm going to take just a moment to share with you a little bit about Classroom Management 101 and how it works. It'll take me about four or five minutes to explain that. And then I will stay on a little bit longer to answer anyone's questions. So if you have any questions that you'd like to have answered, um, just hang tight and I will answer them here in a minute. Real quick to share a little bit about Classroom Management 101. There are two courses in one. And this is, by the way, the all new Classroom Management 101. We have completely revamped the course in this past year. So um, it's the all new Classroom Management 101 helps with classroom management and then student motivation in beyond classroom management. So you get both courses when you join the all new Classroom Management 101. So here's how it works. You get immediate uh, access to pre-recorded trainings that walk you through each step of the success path that I just outlined. So it's that complete organized system with step-by-step help. I'll help you with, first of all, creating your plan so you know how to handle misbehavior, then starting the school year right and making a conducive learning environment right away. Then we'll learn how to troubleshoot issues and motivate students to care about and pursue their own success. So once again, step-by-step help in both of these courses, and we walk you through what to do when and all of that. We guide you through every step, but you also have the option to skip right to the parts you need most. So if you're like, I actually already got step one and two down, I need help with you know, motivating. You can skip right to beyond classroom management and start right with student motivation if that's what you need. So that's the core of the program is those step-by-step trainings, but that's not it. We also offer support in this new program. So there's three ways that you can get support and six months of support is included at no extra charge. So first we have a support inbox where you can submit a question via email anytime and get a personalized response from our mentor team. Uh, number two, we have regular coaching calls. Um, that you can hop on and ask a question live and get like a live conversation with myself or one of our mentors. Um, and once again, six months included for free. 
We also have a special community only for members um, where we encourage each other. We can get your question answered by mentors or other people that are going through the program with you. So step-by-step training support. And then tonight only, we also have a fast action bonus. So this is just for those that join tonight during this training. We'll also get a copy of my book, Create Your Dream Classroom, which if you like to read, this is a really fun read because it has 50 easy to implement strategies. So that's like 50 like quick bite-sized things that you can just read like one a day or, you know, a couple a day and implement in your classroom. I'm also going to be giving away a half hour coaching session to one person who joins tonight. So if you join tonight during this training, you'll also be entered to win the half hour coaching session. So the doors are officially opened. Um, is it working in the chat? I make sure it's there. Can you guys see that there? Um, hopefully there's a button that says join now. Um, but if for some reason that's not working, um, I'll give you a URL here in just a moment. Okay. Um, real quick, I'm sure some of you are asking, what does it cost? I have a special deal for you. So don't sign up quite yet. I have something special just for you guys that are here today. Um, so first of all, what's included, you get both courses, Classroom Management 101 and the Student Motivation course. Um, then you get all the step-by-step training videos, the Classroom Management Plan workbook. That's the template that you need. All you have to do is fill it out rather than coming up with it on your own. Lifetime access to the training. So you don't, you don't ever lose access to the trainings. You get that support inbox for six months, the mentor support for six months, and the support community for six months. And there's also a reduced rate if you want to keep it after the six months. You get certificate of completion when you're done. We have a back-to-school bonus module that you can kind of skip ahead to um, to make sure you're ready for back-to-school. So you don't have to finish the whole course even before back-to-school. You can kind of start with a plan and then skip ahead to the back-to-school bonus module. Um, and then, of course, tonight, Fast Action Bonus, Create Your Dream Classroom ebook as well. So the normal price for the course, um, honestly, when we priced out how much all of this was worth, I can't remember, but it was it was around $1,000. But we said, no, we're not going to charge teachers that. Um, so the regular price is $237, or we have a payment plan that makes it if you prefer that. Um, but it is currently on sale. If you go to the page, you'll see it's on sale for $177. Or the payment plan, um, you can, uh, is payments of 49. Now, for those of you that are here live, if you're watching the replay, I'm sorry, it's probably expired unless you're watching it right after this happens. Um, but for you that are on live, we have a special exclusive deal. Um, use the code motivate at checkout, um, and you can get it for 147. So use the code motivate tonight and you can get it for just 147. I want you to know that you don't have to stay stuck in a chaotic classroom that's miserable to teach in, and you don't have to dread dead-eyed stares of disinterested students. I've given you the plan. You just got to go through it. And as I said, if you need help, we would love to have you join us. Um, you can turn things around. You can get to the point where students are respectful, engaged, and learning. This is not just another PD program. We make sure you get the systems you need, the personalized support to reduce disruptions, motivate your students and create a classroom that you love. We want you to actually look forward to teaching, be able to stay in teaching and 
you know, not have to give it up and be able to stay for as long as you feel called to this position. We're so thankful for able to work with students like Micah, who was struggling and now is more consistent and is not drowning anymore. Becca, whose classroom was completely transformed and no longer dealing with a million different issues. Um, Bridget, who has her students wrapped around her finger instead of crying in the hallway. Um, and we can't wait to add some of you guys that are joining right now. I see some of you joining right now. I'm going to welcome you here in a moment. Um, can't wait to add your names uh, to this as well. So if for some reason the link isn't working or you're new, you need the link, you can go to teachfortheheart.com slash 101, teachfortheheart.com slash 101. And once again, the code is motivate. Um, motivate is the special exclusive one for those of you that are here live. All right. I cannot wait to answer your questions. So if you guys have questions um, for me, go ahead and put them in the chat right now. I'm going to answer them here in a minute. First, I want to um, um, say welcome to a few people that joined so quickly. Um, welcome to Anne. We are so glad to have you. Um, welcome to Michelle. So glad to have you joining us. Uh, welcome. That's awesome. You guys have fast fingers. Um, Okay, I want to be able to answer some questions. So if you have questions, go ahead and start putting them in. Sherry asked, does the code work for four payments? Yes, it does. Okay, questions. CJ, I don't see the link to join. Okay, I'm sorry. You can go to this link right here, though, on the bottom, teachfortheheart.com slash 101. That should work as well. Would I be able to join having already purchased Classroom Management 101 in the past? Okay, we do have a special rate for legacy students that have purchase the previous version. So do email us. Email us at lynda at teachfortheheart.com and we can get you the special legacy rate. Okay. Yeah. Cindy had the same question. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see. How do we know? Okay. We already answered that one. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. I'm trying to answer questions that are, there are a lot of questions in here. Um, so let's see here. I went to get the certificates, but it's not there. It should be, if you're having trouble with the um, certificate page, it might be because there's, there were a thousand people on here tonight. So a thousand people might be going there right now and it might be a little slow. So if you write down teachfortheheart.com slash certificate, um, you should be able to do it. And Sarah has it, uh, there's a link there right at the top, um, highlighted there. So you should be able to grab that. Okay. Um, what would you suggest to implement procedures for a specialist teacher when our time is limited? I have them for 45 minutes, two days a week only. Yes. Okay. Um, obviously, you want to keep your procedures simple, um, but I do recommend having your own procedures. So particularly think about what is your starting of class procedure and ending of class procedure. Um, even though even though you ha like have so much less time, you still need to teach it. I would just abbreviate it as much as you can. Keep it simple, but you still need to take the time to teach procedures. Otherwise, like it's like I, I get it that it's like I don't have much time. How do I have time to teach procedures? But if you don't teach the procedures, you're going to waste time every class for the rest of the year trying to like with the chaos. And so it's still going to be a really, really worthwhile investment. All right. These are such good questions. Let me take a second and welcome some of our new students. Welcome to Rebecca. Welcome to Martha and Kim and Ursula. So glad to have you. Welcome to Noah. Welcome to Rachel. So glad to have you in the program. Welcome to Fran and Kathleen and Emily. This is awesome. Welcome to Donna and Kim and Robin and Amanda and Emily and Brianna and Allison. I can't even keep track of all of you guys and Jennifer and Ashley. 
and Kelly. Okay, if I missed you, I'll read some more in a minute. I want to stay on here. I will say right now, this is we've officially crossed an hour on the program uh, on this training. So if you need to go, totally understand. Um, thank you so much for being here. Um, but I am going to stay on and answer questions a little bit longer because I have hardly had any uh, chance to answer questions. So if you are still here and you still have a question and I haven't answered it yet, you might want to put it at the top so I can make sure I'm answering questions for people that are still here. Hi, it's Linda again, back to talk to you that are listening via the podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this training and I hope that you found it really helpful. And I'd love your feedback on if you liked listening to the training in the audio format, how that worked for you. Feel free to give us your feedback at lynda at teachfortheheart.com. But I also said that I have an exclusive discount for you, First Classroom Management 101. So if you liked what you heard in the training, you said, yes, I definitely want to join Classroom Management 101, but you know, I didn't have a button to click and that discount was only for people that were on the live webinar, I have a discount specifically for podcast guests, and I'm going to match the discount that we offered on the webinar, which is the most we ever discount this um, for new members. So if you head to teachfortheheart.com slash 101, that's the URL you need, teachfortheheart.com slash 101, at checkout, use the code podcast to get that extra discount. So use the code podcast. That will be good through the end of the first week of August. Okay, so just through like August 5th or 6th uh, is when it's going to expire. Um, so teachfortheheart.com slash 101. Use the promo code podcast to get that same discount. We're doing that exclusively for our podcast listeners because we really do value you. I feel like you are one of our most important members, you are really involved in listening to this podcast on a regular basis. And we want to thank you for that with that extra special discount. Of course, if you have any questions, please email us at lynda at teachfortheheart.com. And we'd love to assist you. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. I look forward to speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, remember God is at work in you and through you, and he's using you to make a difference. Keep your eyes on him and teach for the heart.